Amen. So today I want to focus on why you should discover God's purpose for your life. So I'm going to start with the spiritual side of things. Last week I, I used a dictionary definition of purpose and I defined purpose as the intent for which something is created, why a thing is created. And we all agree together, collectively we agree that if something is of no use to you, you wouldn't keep it in your house. You wouldn't pay attention to it, probably dump it. And we know that God, if we are respectful of God, if we respect God, we don't expect or believe that God created something meaningless. So if everything God created is meaningful and useful, and that which includes you and I, then it means we are useful. There is a purpose to our lives. Amen. So today, I want to start by looking at the spiritual side of things, why you should discover God's purpose for your life. Amen. Point number one. Now, God's plan and purpose for humanity will be hindered if you don't discover your purpose. Now, God created everything in the universe to depend on one another, to, to be of benefit to one another. God created the plant system, the plant, the, the plant family, plant ecosystem, put, put it that way, right? He created plants, trees, for food for you. To a very much extent, the carbon dioxide that you emit, in a sense, or the animals emit from breathing, right, uh, is a source of energy for plants to produce food for you. And when plants produce food for you, you can live, you can have some energy, whether you are uh, a vegetarian or whether you are non-vegetarian like me, whether, you know, we, we, come, we, we, we consume plants in one, way or one, one form or the other. Even if you don't eat vegetables, right? Which you should be eating vegetables, okay? Even if you don't eat vegetables, the animals you eat, they do consume vegetables. Else, there will be no food. Well, if, you, if you're not eat, consuming some animals. Now, I'm in the UK. I got to be careful what kind of animals I call so I don't get into trouble. Amen. You know, some of my English friends say things like, are you trying to say people eat that? Someone eats, I will not mention the name because it may cause riot. Amen. So what I'm trying to say in essence is that God did not create anything useless. He created everything for the benefit of something else in the entire world system. And when I say world system, I'm not, I'm not talking about the cosmos. I'm not talking about the social system. I'm talking about nature. Amen. So, and so when we bring it, when we apply this to God's plan and purpose for humanity, right? God's plan and purpose for humanity will be hindered to a, to a large extent or to a significant extent if you don't know who God says you are, if you don't know your purpose, and you don't step into it to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. So to verify that, let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 15. 
So the Bible says here, reading from the New King James, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working, watch this, by which every part does its own share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That may sound long, but let me try to summarize it for you. So the Bible, say, the Bible is saying here that though, even though this particular chapter in context was referring to ministry gift, if you take this down to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, you read that the Bible says that we are bodies of Christ. So any which way, any way or the other, whichever way you want to see it, if you are a Christian, you have been endowed with some supernatural abilities, supernatural gifts, supernatural calling to build the body of Christ. So the body of Christ cannot grow. God's plan and purpose for humanity so that many, so that people can be saved and come to know the truth, that agenda of God for humanity cannot come to pass or will not come to pass to the degree that God has planned if you and I don't step into our place and play our part. Imagine I wasn't here this morning. I can tell you some of you guys watching or listening to me would be somewhere here, could be somewhere here else, listening to a message that doesn't edify you. I know where some, some of us come from, so I know what I'm talking about. Now, my wife and I, so uh, let's just have some chats here, then we come back into the message. So my wife and I were doing some thinking during the week, and we we're trying to find out, okay, what actually interests us, you know? So what can we do to make money besides our nine-to-five job? And... Uh, I just kind of butted out. I said, I just want to make money. <laughs> I just want to make money. And we laughed about it. So what I'm trying to say is this. I, like, I, I just want to make money. I don't, want, I don't want my finances to be under the control of someone else. For instance, when a business uh, crumbles or the, a business go, go bust because of the um, geoseconomic situation in the country or the mismanagement of operation, the business, by the business executives, you know, when such things happen and a, a company is out of business, it does affect jobs. So when jobs are affected, what happens to the, uh, the employees? It affects their finances. So as many of us who are in, uh, an employment, in, empl in employment, our finances to a degree, if we do not have side hustles, if we do not have um, multiple streams of income to a degree our finances depends on whatever the, on the business whether the mismanagement economic situation whatever right so we were talking about this during the weekend I was like what will I do so I said you know I just like to make money so the thing is this I could give myself to making money and not be here this morning that's what I'm trying to say now if I give myself to making money and I'm not here this morning I can be a blessing to you guys any which way Whatever God wants you to hear this morning and whatever he wants to accomplish through you to a degree will be limited because I am focusing on something else, something focused on myself, and I'm not here to be a blessing to you guys. And at the same time, I might say, you know what, well, if I, if, if I, I want to focus on 
people who are in the building and I don't care whether someone is watching online or they were listening online. So I may not have actually invested in the knowledge and technologies to be able to broadcast this message. If I don't do that, whoever comes across this message, maybe in two years time, one year's time, or a few months' time, would have, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have received what God has in store for them. I'll give you an example. A pastor reached out to me from Kenya and was praying for us, was being thankful for the messages on our, on our website. And somebody also reached out for me, to me from, I think, Asia, and they were thanking, they were appreciating us for the messages on our website. What am I trying to say? Now, I don't know what God is doing in the life of those people. I, someone, people could listen to your message and just go by and not see any reason for them to send you a message to appreciate the message on your website. But if they responded or by, by, communi- by con- contacting us, they must have been blessed one way or the other. Now, watch this. What I'm trying to say is this. If I don't play my part, whatever God wants to accomplish in the life of those people will be hindered. They will, they, they will realize that they want something. They need something. God is saying something to them. But if my message wasn't there, they're not gonna, they, they won't come in contact with it. The same thing goes to Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack has been a blessing to me a lot. Now, if Andrew had not invested resources in people, in technology, in, you know, to get his message you know, on TV stations, on his websites, and some other channels, uh, platforms, I mean, I wouldn't have come in contact with it. And many people who have been blessed by Andrew's ministry wouldn't have been blessed by that. Amen. So if you and I don't discover our purpose and do what God is calling us to do, I can guarantee that the body of Christ will be impacted. Some people, I remember um, someone shared a video, uh, a testimony with me. So um, a guy, a, a lady was on her way to committing suicide and she had a lady singing a Christian song, a song by one of these uh, gospel artists. And the song struck her heart and she held on to that uh, word. So she didn't commit suicide. Is this suicide? She was pregnant. I can't remember if she was going to commit suicide. But there were two things, bad things she was going to do. She was going to commit suicide back until she was pregnant and the, the father of the child wasn't taking responsibility. So she didn't go ahead with the suicide. She had a baby and um, she was thanking God for the song that once that person sang at the train station. Now, the gospel artist, to be honest, this particular gospel artist who sang the song is one of the artists that I really respect. And I, I will say it's one of the few artists that I know that they actually focus on their purpose. They're not trying to bring in preaching and trying to bring some other things into what they do. They give themselves to it. Now, if that guy had not sung that song, which was, to me, inspired by the Holy Ghost, and ministered in the places, made it available, the singer at the train station would have heard the song, know the song, sing it at the train station, and that lady probably would have committed suicide. Can you see what I'm talking about? So your life is very significant. Now, you not stepping into what God has called you to do and to do what God has called you to do is, a, is having a tremendous impact on God's plan and purpose. It's affecting lives. So there is the selfishness in human beings, we are naturally selfish. So what that means is that most of the time we are concerned about our needs, what we need. Like I was talking about, I, was, I wanted to make money. Now, most of the time we are focused on what we need, what we want for our lives. We are not mindful of what God wants. But if we believe that we were created by God, 
then the, the original intention of God for creating us should be, uh, should be paramount in our heart, should be what we seek and want to give ourselves to. And that is also to tell you that the devil would not want you to discover who God created you to be and to give yourself to it. Because you understand the ripple effect, we call it, um, I can't remember what, what, like one of the language I coined for that. We call it, that's like eternal, eternal, eternal ripples, yeah, something like that. Now, because the enemy, to a degree, understand the ripple effect of you stepping into your purpose and doing what God has called you to do. So if the enemy does not want your life to directly or indirectly impact other lives, and for God's agenda, God's plan of peace and joy to come to pass in people's lives is going to discourage you from even wanting to discover God's plan and purpose for your life. Most of the time, it's going to give you an idea of, of what God may call you to do so that it can discourage you from stepping into it. And, and I have a personal experience in this. Now, so a long time ago in 2005, I knew God was calling me to something bigger than me. I was a church goer. I go to church, I come back home, and that was it. I wanted to make money. I wanted to be successful. I tried to trade Forex. I tried all manner of stuff. My drive was just to be successful financially. That was it. But I knew my spirit, being a Christian who was mindful of God's mind to a degree, I knew God wanted to say something to my heart. But you know what I did? I blocked my mind. I blocked my heart. I did not want to hear what God is saying. You may say, is that possible? Yes. You can receive or pick an, an inspiration in your heart that God wants to say something to you, and you will harden your heart not to hear it. Guess what the devil was telling me that time? Now, there was this thing going on on campus at that time. I was in uni, I was, um, in, uni in Nigeria. So there was these guys who were kind of fanatics. And to a very much extent, would you not know what they're doing? Christians, you know, young guys, you know, you can, you can expect that of young people. So I gave it to them. I'm not going to criticize them. Now, so these guys who were going about saying things like, what if God, God is calling you to a village in um, a jungle in Africa as a missionary? Would you go? And it sounded scary. I didn't want to go into those jungles where I could be beheaded, you know, because it was, so, it was very common you know, on, on campus at that time. And some people, out of their ignorance, were shouting, Lord, I will go. If you want me to go and die, I'm going to go. I don't want to go into a jungle and be beheaded. I, I just know my thing, right? I, I, I don't know. Someone might be criticizing me and saying, if God sent you there, would you go? Would you, wouldn't you go? Like, watch this. If God has called me to that, there will be a joy in my heart to go for it. My flesh, my human thinking may not want to go because of this comfort but there will be a joy in my heart. Let me jump ahead of myself a little bit. It is in doing what God has called you to do that you find true fulfillment and joy. Take it. It is in doing what God has called you to do that you find true fulfillment and joy. So these guys went about talking about this. So I hardened my heart. I was not going to allow God to speak to me because I don't want him to send me to a place I don't want to go. Imagine that. It does not even make sense. Why would you, the created, not want to do or go in the direction that you are wired to go. 
Why would you not want to do what you were created to do? And how do, how do you think you will find fulfillment in something else other than for the, the reason or the purpose to which, or for which you were created? It's not possible. It does not make sense. So the enemy came with that picture in my mind and I hardened my mind. I hardened my heart. I was not going to listen or, or listen to God. And it got to a point that the devil was taking advantage of the, my similar rebellion or resistance to God to exploit me emotionally, mentally. And I realized that I was literally dying. I was losing my mind. I was losing my senses. I was becoming more unwell every day because I shut myself, in a sense, out of God. And it, it, it was a struggle. And then when I realized that I was on my way to death, I was literally dying. I said, I th- I said to myself one afternoon, I think I would rather go die in the village, in the jungle, than to die on the street, meaningless. So I was attending a, a fellowship, a Christian fellowship that evening. And I said, Lord, just, just tell me what you want me to do. I'm listening. I was tired of the sickness. I was tired of the infirmity. I was tired of the tiredness, the weakness, the literal, the, literally the, the insanity. I was losing my mind. I was... I was becoming less of a human being. You know, I would be walking on the street and I would not be conscious. I was losing touch with life and I knew I was dying because of my rebellion. Know that God, watch this. So I was talking, I was trying to explain that the enemy will give you, uh, uh, will try to give you something fake, something other than real and original so that it can distract you, so that it can, it can discourage you from, from seeking God's plan and purpose for your life. Amen. So, because the enemy understands or knows to a degree how much impact your life can have on other lives, so he would try to dissuade you from even seeking it at all. Amen. So, if you and I don't discover God's plan and purpose for for our lives, it's going to have an impact on God's agenda, God's plan for humanity. And we should be very careful not to give ourselves to this selfishness, selfishness. This, con- this sense of, it's just me, what I want in life. Now, we are heavily surrounded by messages of accomplishment, natural accomplishment, self-ambition. You know, what do you want for your life? If you go on YouTube and if you look in the space of personal development, you know, you will easily come quickly or easily come across uh, adverts. That, I talk, that, that focuses on you know, becoming a millionaire, becoming a successful person. Now, the, world, the people of the world are successful in many things. But the fact that you're successful in natural things does not mean that you are successful in God's plan and purpose for your life. Now, watch this. If you listen to me carefully, you realize that I've been, I've been, I've been very specific about not your purpose, but God's purpose for your life. Amen. We are not talking about your purpose, the purpose you may have coined for yourself or fabricated for yourself, something that you think is your own purpose, God's plan for your life. We're talking about God's purpose, what God planned for you, not what you think God planned for you or what you think you should do. There's a lot of pride in the world we live in today whereby many people are thinking, I mean, think more about themselves, what they want for themselves, their desire. You know what? Many of the things that 
might be desires that we have are actually influenced by our surroundings, the community we live in, our parents' um, thoughts, our parents' imaginations, what are our parents' expectation of us. So it's dangerous to go by just not only natural desire when it comes to discovering God's, uh, God's purpose for your life. I mean, now I'm talking about when people mistake God's purpose for their own uh, intended purpose, what they think is their own purpose. So it's dangerous to go by what you feel, your aspirations, your desires, your ambition, because many of those things can be influenced by what surrounds you, what's going on around you, or how you've been brought up, your community, your society. Amen. Many people raised in Christian society, Christian communities are more God conscious than people raised in societies that are focused on financial prosperity. Natural accomplishment. Amen. I hope I'm blessing someone here. Praise the Lord. So, the first point is that if we don't give ourselves to discovering God's purpose for our lives and give ourselves to it, God's agenda for humanity will will be affected. Lives will be affected. And I'm also trying to caution us not to... Be self-focused, self-centered. Focus on the Lord because he created you. He gave you life for a purpose. Your life will be meaningless if you don't use it for what it was created for. Amen. So Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 shows us that, you know, each how the body of Christ grows in order to fulfill God's plan for humanity, the plan of redemption, salvation, reconciliation, restoration for humanity, you know, how God, how God is able to achieve that is through people and when people occupy their own place to do what they are called to do. Amen. And 1 Corinthians 12, 12 make us understand that all believers, we are members of one body. And I think we should go there so that we can take in that verse of scripture and reinforce the message in our heart. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. First Corinthians 12, 2 of the New King James Version reads, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the bodies of that one body, being many are one, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made, and have and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And it goes on to say that, you know, if one, bo- one part of the body says, uh, I don't want to play my role, you know, let us read it because there's another message in my mind and I don't want to confuse it. So I'm going to guess, I was going to talk about sameness, but let me read this in context and I can talk about this. Now, uh, verse 14 reads, for if in fact the body is not one, for in fact the body is not one, but one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the body, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is therefore not? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, there would be, where would the hearing be? 
if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as a pleased. And if they were all one, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. No, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, no, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that, to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. To read that. I'll take verse 25 again, the second part. It said, but that the members should have the same care for one another. You can't be self-focused in fulfilling God's plan for in living your Christian life. I'll put it that way. In living your Christian life, you can't just be self-focused. Your life was not designed for you. It was designed to be a blessing to other people. One that I was trying not to confuse with this is this. If you look at it, the Bible mentioned if the whole body were to be an eye. Watch this. So another reasons why you should um, discover God's plan and purpose for your life. Now, there's, this, there's, a, there's a temptation to want to be the same, to look the same, to copy, to want to be like somebody else. I was talking about a gospel artist who sang a song, the song passed... Somebody else had a song, they sang at the train station, and someone, as a result of the song, did not give you a life, did not uh, go commit suicide or abort the baby. Right. Now, there's a, there's a temptation to be the same. There's this feeling, there's this sense of sameness. People want to do what other people are doing. Now, if you don't discover your own unique place, I'll put it this way so your purpose is unique to you to what God wants to accomplish through you. Now, if you don't discover your own place, how God wants you to, with the role God wants you to play in the body of Christ, to bless humanity, you would want to look like somebody else. You want to covet the gift of somebody else. And each time you are thinking of becoming like somebody else, you are not committed to discovering your own place. Friends, your place is significant. Your place is unique. Your place, regardless of how um, esteemed or not, or not highly esteemed, or I'll put it this way, regardless of how men attribute estimation or value to your purpose, your place, your place is significant. What I mean is this. Many times, People tend to give more honor and respect to the speaker, to the pastor, when it, to the preacher. And they disregard the people walking on the toilet. Or disregard the, the ushers. It's common in, in Africa where I come from that when a young chap is given an opportunity to, 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 to speak on the podium by the pastor, a lot of people pour their attention on this young person respecting him because he spoke by the Spirit of God, because he taught a, part, a good sermon. And they, they begin to respect these people and to some extent, you know, kind of 
trash or treat less favorably people who don't who are not on the platform. Everyone's part, everyone's role in the church is significant. And even the guys you don't think are, the guys you don't think are, I mean, they play a major role in the church. Wait until they're not able, they're not there. So now, everything seems like disconnected when there was a technical issue behind me. Now, how many of you guys go to church and really respect the guys who are in technical? The guys operating the cameras, operating the sound. But if the sound should go off and you can't hear the Richard, the, the, the speaker, then we, we know something went wrong. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I make it my own point of duty to appreciate and respect the technical team. Because if those guys are not there, forget about it, people cannot listen. If it goes down to facility, if the, if the room is extremely cold, you can't pay attention. You know, if the, if, if, the, if the facility is filthy, there are no cleaners that you can't sit, you'll be distracted. You won't be able to pay attention. So everyone's role is significant. So we should not try to be like someone else. And how we would not try to be like someone else and in turn deprive people of their blessing, you know, what God wants to do through us is by discovering God's plan and purpose for our life, God's purpose how God designed us to function, what exactly he wants us to do. Amen. So I can go on and on about it, but I, I think I've explained quite enough there to help you understand that not discovering your purpose will ultimately affect God's plan for humanity and it will affect people. Praise the Lord. I've dealt with the issue of selfishness, self-centeredness, when people are so much focused on, on what they want to achieve, what they want to accomplish, not minding the fact that God has given them breath of life to be a blessing to other people. Amen. Now, let's get into the natural. I've touched on a few things when I was trying to address the spiritual side of things. But the natural side of things is this. Now, uh, I want to call out something about ambition. Ambition is, can be defined as a strong desire to, uh, to achieve something. It's a strong desire for, to do something. Right? A strong desire to do something. Now, mistakenly, many people in the world, including Christians, uh, confuse ambition for purpose. Motivational speakers have taught many of us, including motivational, Christian motivational speakers, that that thing you have desire to do is your purpose. Not all the time. And most of the time is not. Don't forget I said earlier on that our ambition, our pursuit, our desire for success most of the time are influenced by our society, our upbringing, parental expectations, competition in the society, environmental factors, right? And that is why believers must learn to intentionally pray, study the word of God, you know, build a strong and intimate relationship with God because many things around you will tell you otherwise. Most of the time tell you something contrary to what God wants to do through you. Amen. So uh, ambition is a strong desire to do something and ambition is not the same thing as purpose, Right? So if you don't give yourself to discovering God's purpose for your life, you will be pursuing a selfish ambition. You may be pursuing an ambition that is, that is completely different and completely 
in a different direction to what God wants to do through you. So don't mistake ambition for purpose. Right? So make it a duty. Take it upon yourself today to say, I want to give myself to discovering God's purpose for my life. Else, you will pursue ambition. Ambition is a desire. Anything can influence your desire. So be mindful of this. Many people have pursued a, a desire in life, and at the end of it, they, they come to a point whereby they feel, they feel a sense of meaninglessness, a sense of hopelessness. Now, they've accomplished great things in the eyes of the world. Some great things in the eyes of the world, but they themselves feel so empty and useless. And this is why you hear some successful people Success, and according to the standard of the world, you hear some successful people commit suicide because accomplishment, ambition, natural accomplishment, most of the time do not equate to purpose. But one thing I will tell you is this if you are focused on, if you know God's purpose for your life and you're committed to pursuing it and to fulfilling that purpose, you, you, you won't struggle with suicidal thoughts. Because God's purpose will resonate, God's purpose in your heart will resonate to your spirit, and the Holy Spirit, who knows the reason or through whom you were created, I mean, will drive you, will motivate you. And there's so much into this that I will come to later on as we go on this journey. So, another reason why you must discover your purpose is that if you don't know the, God's purpose, if you, to discover God's purpose for your life is that if you don't, know God's purpose for you, people will give you a purpose to pursue. An example is, is Jesus in the book of John chapter 6 verse uh, 15. Let's go there, John six 15. I'll give us the backstory. John six fifteen. So the backstory is that Jesus fed people, fed 5,000 men who were hungry, right? Uh, supernaturally, it was a miracle. Now, verse 15 reads, Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. What I'm trying to say here is this. Jesus knew he was not called to be a king, a human king over people. He came to show us the way to the Father. John, 4, uh, John is it 16, 14, I can't remember right now. The Bible says that, John 14, 6, I believe. He said, Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus came to show us the way to the Father. He came to die for us. He came to reconcile us to the Father. Amen? So these guys were trying to make him a king. And he did, when he perceived that they were trying to make him king, what did he do? He, he withdrew from them. But do you know somebody else will say, yeah, John 14, 6. Somebody else will say, wow, what a privilege. They want to make him a king. And they will accept it. If Jesus had accepted the you know, accepted the offer to be king. Well, these guys were trying to force, they were trying to make him a king. They were trying to take him by force to be a king. So they may have been insinuating it and Jesus, Jesus was not responding. So they thought, you know, well, let us go, uh, let us go arrest this guy and make him king by force. And Jesus withdrew. But to many of us today, do you know what it means like to be the prime minister of England? So what that means, so what, what that means is this. You, you may be in politics, and uh, you may be a good speaker, you may be very influential, you may be powerful in politics, right? Um, or a powerful political figure. 
and the people may want to make you a prime minister, right? You might be the right candidate, the right fit for it. But the truth is, if it's not part of God's plan for your life or God's purpose for your life, you are not supposed to take it. But you, but you know, it's possible that with the praise of men, with the enticement of people, you may want to take it because even your spouse may, could tell you that this is a great opportunity, opportunity of a lifetime, and they start showing you the benefit of it. You know, if you're the guy, you know, your, your, your wife can just notice, you know, they call her, okay, if she's, okay, they, you know, how she will be addressed among her friends in her family, the wife of the prime minister of England. But friend, if you know God's purpose for your life, and you know what God wants to accomplish through you, if you are offered to be the prime minister of England, you are not supposed to accept it. Because when you accept it, you are out of line with God's plan and purpose for your life. And whether you like it or not, the body of Christ is going to suffer. People are going to suffer because where God wants to be at a certain time, you're not going to be there because you're going to be fighting politics and trying not to be the next, you know, the prime minister that spent a few days in, in, in number 10. Right? And if, even, and if the devil was going to really set you up, you can actually do a full term, but it's four years that you've wasted. And it could have been a good four years to invest in the life and the destiny somewhere. Amen. So if you don't know God's purpose for your life, human beings will give you a purpose to pursue. And depending on how they present it to you, you may fall for it. If you don't know God's purpose for your life, people will use you to fulfill their own purpose. So one of the things you want to understand is this. Some appointments, some political appointments are being sponsored by some godfathers, by some people in power. Some guys in, in power are actually puppets for some guys who are running the nation. They are not in power. They are the, they are the lords in those countries. They are, the God, they are the godfathers in those countries. They run their fear of the country, but they put their boy or their girl in power to make those pronouncements, but they give instructions to them. So some people accept an offer, a political appointment, or they accept a position in church which they're not supposed to accept, and on accepting it, they become a puppet in the hand of somebody else controlling their life. So you, you, you can't know human beings to a large extent. The dark of natural human beings is, the, the heart of many human beings is dark and wicked. That is why you just have to learn to follow God. You have to learn to walk with God. You have to learn to stay on the path that God has set out for you. Because not discovering that path and staying on it could make you uh, become a slave to someone else. Amen. So please, let's bear this in mind. This is very important. You just, you just got to know who God says you are. You have to discover his plan and purpose for your life. Else, somebody else is going to control your life. They're going to give you something else to do. Amen. So that reason is this. Um, if, you don't, if you don't know God's purpose for your life, you will have no focus in life. And you may find yourself comparing and competing with other people. I touched on this earlier on. So people, because some people in the church, because they've seen another, another brother or sister in the church who, I mean, who is heavily celebrated, who's kind of a celebrity in the church, then they look at what makes those guys celebrated and they want to have that thing or be that thing. So uh, I used to attend a church and there was this lady, well, she, 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 she was in the she was in a worship team and she, she was well known in the church. 
well known to the point that uh, the, her husband was speaking to my wife one day and, and was saying to her, do you know who I am? I'm this lady's husband. I'm like, oh man, she, this guy was so blessed because if he was talking to me, guys, you, you know I'm anointed for I'm anointed to do this because I'm going to pieces and trash that stupidity and that pride and arrogance. So because your wife is a celebrated uh, worship team leader in the church, you go harassing people in the church. That guy's head is not correct. Amen. So that tells you the level of recognition the woman has in the church. And somebody else, say for instance, my wife, could have, could, could have felt, she didn't feel that way. She mentioned it in passing to me, and, uh, but it, it, it registered to me, and that's why I can recall it today. Now, somebody else, because of the way the guy addressed them, right, could be tempted to want to uh, and aspire to be the worship team leader in that church or want to rise to... Uh, to a certain level or rank of as, as a worship team leader. And one of the things that bring competition in the church because they didn't like how that lady's husband addressed them and they said, no, I'm going to pursue that. Now, a, a person who eats that bait, you know what, what will happen to them and they start going that direction. If they're not called into anything that has to do with worship and they leave their post, everything else, the people God want them to speak to in their original post, they will not be there when that person arrives, you know, to be spoken to by God through them. So when we are not in, when we don't know God's plan and purpose for our lives and we are not in our places, people suffer. There will be competition. Amen. There will be comparison, which breeds, you know, comparison which breeds unnecessary competition and all kind of stuff. Some people, because the pastor's wife addressed them uh, condescendingly, disrespectfully, then they, they, they could try to push their husband to be a pastor so that they can be a pastor's wife too and so that the pastor no one would, would address them disrespectfully. And these things are happening. I'm calling these things out so that you can, so you can identify or recognize when the enemy is trying to walk through people and kick you out of your place in God. Amen. So purpose keeps you seeking God because your purpose will always be greater than you. So when you know God's purpose for your life, and because you know God is your source, and you are living for God, it helps you to, to maintain a relationship with God. When you pursue an ambition instead of God's purpose, you will rely on self and on people. But if you focus, if you are if you are focused on God's purpose and pursue God's purpose, you realize that that purpose, because every day you keep seeing it bigger and bigger, you keep seeing, because your purpose is always bigger than you, you realize that you always go back to God. You always rely on God. You always ask him, God, help me. God, I need help here. You know, it helps you to ward off uh, pride and all manner of stuff because you're not pursuing a, uh, an ambition. You are pursuing God's purpose. Amen. It keeps you in a relationship with the Father. It keeps you in fellowship with the Father. And you got to be careful. I'm going to touch about, I'm going to touch on this next week when we start looking at the life of David. Now, you got to be careful that you don't make your purpose an ambition in the sense that it's something you want to conquer, you want to achieve. And once you achieve it, you see yourself as an accomplished person 
and you start, you know, uh, you start slowing down. You start relying on yourself. You, you pride kicks in. Amen. So, God's purpose supersedes everything. God's purpose brings safety into our lives. It keeps us in check. It keeps us dependent on God. Amen. And I want to wrap up by saying this. Say, okay, I think I have one point for you guys. You know, if you don't stand for something, right, you will fall for anything. If you don't know God's purpose and stand for it, you will fall for anything. Anybody can bring anything to you connected to how they were trying to make Jesus king. And you just fall for anything. You'll be unstable in life. You know, you, you, go, you do anything and everything that comes your way. Right, and uh, we saw the life of Jesus. Jesus knew his assignment. You know, the temptation of Jesus, you can read that in Matthew chapter 4. Tell now, allow me to, to allow us to go back into it. You know, <laughs> Jesus did not fall for all of the temptations that Satan brought his way because he stood for something. He knew he was a child of God. Satan, try, Satan tried to get him to, to doubt his assignment, his calling, his identity. Amen. Identity has a lot to do with purpose. I'll get to that in the future. Amen. But I'm trying to explain to us, help us see the reason why we must discover God's purpose. And I, as I continue on this journey with you guys, teaching you then how to discover it, then you have this as a foundation and you have a reason to, to be in church every day or every Sunday when, as I teach this topic and to listen to those messages, to take notes and to review your notes. Amen. Finally, I want to say this. If you don't know God's purpose for your life, you know, you will cast off restraint. You will do anything. You keep company with anyone. Now, Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. People, Christians, will live reckless lifestyles, will live a sinful lifestyle. Such people do not understand God's purpose. Because when it actually, you know, settles in, when it actually clicks in your mind, when it clicks, <laughs> hallelujah, praise the Lord. When it clicks in your mind, when it, when it sinks in, that purpose is the origin, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an expression of the intention, the intent of the manufacturer, and that God is the author of your life. When it sinks in, it, it, Jesus, Lord, Lord, help me to really to express this thing nicely this morning. It puts your life in check. You'll be mindful of who surrounds you, who comes around you. You're not going to allow just anyone to come around you. Amen. You won't, as a believer, you won't, you, you won't keep company with gamblers. As a believer, you won't keep company with sexually immoral people. As a believer, because you know you have a path, you have a direction, you have one thing for which you were created, you remind the people around you, it helps you to live a disciplined lifestyle. Right? You won't leave church on, the third, on, on New Year's Eve and head to the, port, to, to, to the party to rave, dance, you know, throw your bum and your boobs to all manner of silly people. You don't live a party lifestyle. There are things that people will invite you to do. You're not just gonna go, you're not gonna go for it. And I have friends whom, you know, kind, not family friends, but people that I know, and they invite us to theirs a few times, and you know, because we go all, we go we go way back, you know, from childhood in a sense. 
when I when I visit them, well, so a few of them know that I'm pastor, and so there's a way they respect me, and you know they try, they introduce me very quickly to other friends to say this is a pastor, is a pastor. And even if they don't introduce me, where the guys sit and drink and get drunk, I don't sit there. I sit on my own. Either I most of the time I sit with the kids and have fun with the kids than to sit with those adults who have no sense of identity that their body is a temple of the Lord and they're not supposed to be drowning it in alcohol and feel the conversations. Because I know who I am. I know my purpose. I know my calling. I know what God has called me to do. So I, I cannot mix with just anybody. I cannot allow just anybody into my life. So anyone who is not going to support the cause of God for my life, God's purpose for my life, I can keep company with them. Now, they may be acquaintances, so I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we should alienate ourselves or isolate ourselves from the world, but the people who, who, we, who are in my actual life, who I allow in my life, you know, are people who will support, encourage what I'm called to do or, have, or, have, or find some similarities with what I'm called to do. There's some friends in your life, so the best, you know, I think it's, this is one of the reasons why, now, because I'm out of time, I'm struggling a little bit here. Okay, I think I should wind down here, because uh, if I start on that one, I will, need to, I will need to do a good job to explain it to you guys. But let me just leave it at this, at this point, that if you don't know God's purpose for your life, you cast off restraint, you cast off resistance, you fall for anything, you take in anything, you allow anybody in your life. There's so much benefit to understanding God's purpose for your life. Because besides the fact that it's going to be a blessing to many people, the God's kingdom is going to advance through you, uh, it, it's going to make your own life feel, you know, be rewarding. You know, you, you, you come to value and cherish your life. You, you'll be happy with yourself because you see meaning in your life. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that's come to us. We thank you for the points you've shared with us of the importance of discovering your purpose for our lives. And Lord, we pray that as we meditate on this point, that in the name of Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit, that they become more real to us and it will sink in. We will see the reason why we should pursue. We should discover your purpose for our life and to pursue it and actually give ourselves to it. Give ourselves to discovery. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.